This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. We see through your disguises. We admire your efforts, but we are not so easily fooled. We would know it was you by the way your shadow falls, the shift in your stance, the aroma of your soul. So you must ask then, trick or treat? It's the Halloween season again, intrepid listeners, and you have come to haunt our halls once more. We are sorry if the festivities are a little lacking compared to last year. Is the carnival Samhain, or is it the Samhain, is off providing October's wonders in some far-flung corner of the globe. However, the ringmaster has sent me this scare package of a sideshow to share with you tonight, in anticipation of All Hallows' Eve. According to the ringmaster, tonight's play is an odd little story he picked up on his travels. It is also about the traveling show, a one-person spectacle that our aged narrator will not soon forget. Now remember, keep your hands and arms inside at all times, and let us present you with the tale of the Song and Dance Man. There are few alive today who remember the song and dance man. Time has claimed the ones that survived the long night, and I'm sure they weren't willing to meet their maker. Life takes on a strange tint after a night like that. The ones still left, Bill Parker, Sarah Carter, and Sam Dannon, don't talk about it. Sam is lucky. His brain started to turn to porridge a few years back, and now he has trouble figuring out how to put on his pants. He got an early reprieve from his memories. He doesn't wake up night after night, the music still playing in his ears, with tears still drying on his cheeks. But I'm getting ahead of myself. The song and dance man came to Belcon with little fanfare in the fall of 1956. I had just gotten out of high school and was working as a stock boy at Handy's Hardware. I was there the afternoon that Sarah Carter burst through the door, making the bell over the door jingle like mad. George! George! You gotta see what's been set up by the bandstand! (laughs) Well, hello to you too, Sarah. Did you just run all the way here from the park? I did. There's this huge tent set up, and there's this man that's standing in front of it yelling like a carnival barker. Huh. There wasn't anything up there when I walked by this morning. When to go up? Dunno. But it's up, and you gotta see this guy. He's all dressed up, head to toe, and he can talk. Boy, he can talk. Hmm. Well, it is five to five, and almost time for me to quit for the day anyway. All right. Let's go check it out, then. That's a spirit. 
I'm gonna get a head start. Make sure the others know too. Meet you there. <laughs> right behind you. With Sarah, I was always two steps behind and running to catch up. The girl had energy in those days and in an unlimited supply. I didn't doubt she was telling everyone in the gang, the ones that were still in town anyway. Most of us scattered to the four winds after graduation. Only a handful of us remained in town, and only a handful of us were on hand to witness the dance. I walked down to the bandstand by myself, not bothering to wait for the others. Most likely, Sarah was already there waiting for us. I met up with Bill Parker as soon as I passed the drugstore, where he worked as a soda jerk. Evening, Bill. Hey, George. What the hell is Sarah talking about? She just shot past me and babbled about getting to the bandstand. Your guess is as good as mine. She blew into handies and then blew out again before I could ask her anything. Says there's something peculiar going on. A tent and some barker. A barker? Well, I would have heard of a circus coming to town. Might be worth taking a look. You heard that way? That's right. We'll find Sarah there, I'm sure. Coming with? Might as well. I'll check with McClearly to get the okay. If it turns out to be a letdown, then at least I got off work a little early. Well, if Sarah's excited about it, then there's probably good reason to see it. Now that's true. All right, George, give me one second, I'll be right with you. I still try not to chuckle when I think about how Bill looked wearing that little peak paper cap McClearly soda jerks wore. Bill was a big guy, the tallest and heaviest guy in our class. Bill doesn't really like to be laughed at, though, and after I pointed out how silly he looked the first time I saw him wearing it, and after the knot under my eye went down, I made sure not to laugh at him anymore. He's a good guy, honest. Just has a bit of a temper. We both walked down Main Street, crossed Buchanan at the end, and entered the park. Normally at that point, we would have been able to see the bandstand perched on a hill near the center of the park. During the summer, there'd be concerts, performances by the school marching band, a church choir singing some hymns, that kind of thing. Once, a couple of kids from the high school had put together a pretty good rockabilly group, but someone on the park's committee passed an ordinance that banned rock and roll in the park. Small towns, you know. But now, there was a huge, faded yellow tent blocking the bandstand, like the kind in the circus, or the kinds those old revival ministers like to use when they're feeling the spirit, and they like to feel your wallet, too. Wow. Bigger crowd than I was expecting. Almost looks like the whole town turned out for this. Did you see Sarah's mystery man? Come on, everybody. It's no, but close. I believe getting I hear close. him. We're gonna have ourselves a heck of a time tonight. Yes, indeed, a heck of a time. We'll be singing, we'll be dancing, I promise you that. And the song and dance man always keeps his promise. Let's see if we can get a little closer. You mind, Bill? Not at all. Coming through. Watch out. Step aside. Yes, sir. We're gonna have a hot time in the old town tonight. A hot time, I guarantee you. You weren't kidding about the whole town. Kicking, and you'll hey, look there. Is that Reverend Harper? So hurry up and gather <laughs> round. Yep, yep. 
What's he doing here? This is the kind of stuff he's always preaching against. Well, he don't look like he's preaching to me. He's lined up with everyone else. Yeah, watch this. Hey, Reverend. You got a laugh for my sick? I'm fresh out of matches. <laughs> he turned redder than the Red Sea. <laughs> so I have to say, he hasn't changed his mind about the evils of smoking. Speaking of, you have a lot, George? Huh? Oh, yeah. Here you go. Finally, we broke through the crowd, and there he was. He stood on an old grate, splintered and looking like it was on the verge of collapsing under his feet. He was all angles, all knees, elbows, and shoulders. His gangling body moved and bopped to the rhythm of his words. He wore a red and white pinstripe jacket, looking like he belonged in a barbershop quartet. A straw hat sat on his head, always getting pushed back or pulled forward by his long-fingered hands. Long, six-fingered hands. I stared when I saw that. I had read that some folks are born with six fingers, but reading about something and seeing it are two different things. All right, all right, all right, we're getting close, getting real close, yes we are. Are you ready to dance? Are you ready to sing? Cause I'm ready to play my fiddle. Yes I am, yes I am. Got a fiddle at my feet and I'm ready to play. Ready to make those strings sing. Can you believe it? On the grass beside him lay a black fiddle case with a gold trim along its edges. It looked old. Older than the crate. Older than the town. It looked like something ancient. There you are. Glad you two made it. I found Sam. Oh, hey there, Sam. How's things, George? Bill, that fellow up there can sure prattle on, though. What'd I tell you? Looks like he should be in a carnival trying to get us to see the bearded lady or something. What's he selling? A dance, I figure. What's it cost? What does it cost, I hear you ask? Why, it don't cost a dollar, and it don't cost a quarter, and it don't cost a dime. Folks, this will cost you nothing. Just get on in and dance to the song all night long. We all looked at each other. It was a good deal. A little free music and space to dance. There wasn't much to do in town back in those days, and there still isn't. This was almost too good to be true. The song and dance man stopped now, a minor miracle in and of itself. He dug deep in his pockets, pulled out a gold watch, checked the time, and then grinned the grin that must have shown every one of his teeth. Folks, it's time for the dance, so come on in. Come on in, everyone, because it's time for the dance to begin. Follow me. Sarah, Bill, Sam, and I nearly got mowed over in the rush to get inside, but we were still the first ones in. We stopped short when we pushed aside those big old tent flaps, but we were quickly driven inside. It was huge inside. There was a hardwood floor beneath our feet that looked like it must be oak. A dark, dark oak polished to a mere shine. There were candles in the holders all along the tent pole posts, and when I looked up, I couldn't see the ceiling for all the darkness. It was like looking up at a starless night sky, 
where the moon didn't dare show her face. Holy cow. I didn't think it'd be like this in here. It's the biggest big top I've ever seen. Looked a lot smaller from the outside. It's probably an optical illusion, forced perspective or something. Hey, you notice that it's not just the young people here either? Yep, there's Reverend Harper again. Still ain't preaching. Is he actually joining in on the dance? It's not just him, though. Look, there's Mrs. Crenshaw from middle school. And Mr. Hoskins over there. Oh. I thought I spotted the mayor and his wife on the way in. Did you see them? No. Wait, yes. They're over there, talking to the police chief. Good lord. It really is the whole damn town. Question is, where'd the song and dance man go? I haven't seen him since he ducked in ahead of us. Howdy, everyone. There he is. How'd he get up there? He was there, on the center tent pole, sitting on a small wooden platform about 20 feet off the ground. God knows how he got up there, because there certainly wasn't any ladder going up. He dangled his feet over the edge and held his fiddle in one hand and the bow in the other. The fiddle and bow seemed to be made of that same dark wood that the floor was and gleamed in the candlelight like a thing alive. I almost doubted that the fiddle even needed the song and dance man to make its strings hum. (laughs) Welcome, welcome, ready or not, it's time to dance. He made those strings sing. I haven't heard anyone play like that before or since, and I thank God for that every day. It made the air around us crackle and spark. It loosened the joints and jolted the mind. You felt the urge to move deep in the bone, buried in the marrow. I grabbed Sarah's hands and we began to move across the floor, and everyone followed suit. Some with partners and some without. Some were doing the foxtrot and some were doing the waltz and some were doing the twist. We danced, moved, shocked, jived, rocked, and rolled. Never knew you could dance this well, Sarah. Neither did I. <laughs> There's a first time for everything. Hey, look at me go. <laughs> Catch you two on the flip side. I passed Reverend Harper moving his feet in a clunky box step with Eloise Grundle, an old battle axe of a Catholic. I saw the mayor's wife waltzing with Dan Adams, one of our firemen. I swelled with Sarah, moving across the floor, bumping and jostling with the people around us. It was hot, and getting hotter than there, and it wasn't long before it smelled of sweat and bodies moving against bodies. I felt dizzy. But we kept dancing together, kept dancing and not stopping. All the while, the song and dance man lowered over us, making his fiddle sing and sing. I realized my legs were tired, my feet ached, and my lower back was beginning to throb. I checked my watch and realized we had been dancing for a solid hour. I shook my head again, trying to shake off the dozy feeling that was clouding my thinking. Sarah, <coughs> Sarah, we need to stop. You're right, George. Uh, I can't stop. George, I can't stop dancing. Yes, you can. Let me. No, 
I, I can't stop either. It's, it's like I can't control my body. My feet won't stop moving. What's happening? Help! Help! I began to see the faces of the other people now. I saw their terror. Reverend Harper's face had grown redder than it had been before. Sweat poured down his face, but still he kept moving, twirling Mrs. Grenville around and around, her head lolling from side to side. She had fainted, but her feet were still moving. I moved past Bill, who danced with Susie Watkins, and I saw her frightened eyes darting around the room. But Bill bobbed his head in time with the music, and his glassy eyes looked at nothing in particular. Bill! Bill, snap out of it! It's no good! It's happening to everyone! It's happening to everyone! George! Sarah! Help me! We can't get to you! Come back! The song and dance man laughed from his perch and kept playing, tapping his feet. His eyes were glowing in that dark, humid place. They glowed and glowed, and the light glanced off the boat with every swing. I heard a scream and swiveled my head to watch a woman drop to the floor, holding a leg. She had cramped up. I was envious. She got to stop. She got to rest. My own legs felt like dead wood, and the ache in my back had deepened. Then a partner stepped on her ankle, and I heard the crunch from across the room. He was still dancing, his eyes blank and empty as he she screamed again and started to crawl away, but instead stood up. She started to dance, bringing her weight down on the broken ankle again and again and again. I turned away, but I couldn't block the sound of her sobbing. We didn't flag or falter. Two more hours passed. We kept up the same speed as the fiddle. That damn it fiddle. Wrapping our feet against the floor. Never mind the blisters that burst. Never mind the broken toes and broken ankles. Never mind that deep pain buried in the spine that refused to go. Never mind old hearts and bad knees. The old and the sick were the first to drop. Reverend Harper was holding up the still-fainted Mrs. Grenville, whose feet still moved at the music. When he dropped her and fell to the floor. He twitched once and then was still. Mrs. Grendel got back up and kept on moving. I watched Harper as I danced, trying to see if he was breathing. He wasn't. I swear to you, he wasn't. But he still got back up. He was dead, but he still got back up and began to dance again. He turned to look at me and grinned the song and dance man's grin. His eyes were red, filled with blood from whoever had broken him. I watched as a single red tear rolled down his cheek. Harper wasn't the last. He probably wasn't the first. No matter what it was, exhaustion, heart attacks, hemorrhages somewhere deep inside, they died. And then they got back up and kept dancing, grinning their grins. Some collapsed and were stepped on, bones broken, heads caved in. And even then, their twisted bodies tried to keep dancing. The night passed. The smell of blood mixed with the sweat. I 
and I couldn't breathe anymore. The air was thick, and from all around I could hear cries and screams, but nothing that drowned out the fiddle. That's all for tonight. The dancing is done, and the morning has come. You may leave if you can walk. And you should walk quick, because this song and dance man is going to be gone. George, George, are you... It's over. Thank God. It's over. George, we need to get out of here. Sam, Sam's up ahead. He's hurt real bad. Oh, George, come on. (coughs) 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 Oh, God, my leg. Can't feel my leg. Sam, try not to move it. The bone is sticking through. We need to hurry. He's looking right at us. I'm trying. Barely move. Please don't leave me here with him. Please. Help me get him up. Clara, let's go. No one ran because they couldn't. It was a miracle we could walk. The others scooped up Sam as best they could and dragged him out of the tent. But I stayed behind. I turned and looked and saw at least 20 people still standing there. Harper was among them. They were all grinning their eyes empty. They stood and made no sign of wanting to leave. Go on now, friend. The song and dance man has what he wants, but he'd be glad to add you too if you tarry and dally too long. I looked up at him and saw him smile, and then I turned my back to him and left the tent. When I turned back again, he was gone along with the people inside. That's the story of what happened. The others won't tell it, or pretend it never happened. Never mind the 20 people that vanished that night, the mayor's wife included. They'd rather not think about it. Sarah and I took Sam to the hospital over in the next county far from folks that knew what had happened. They had to remove his leg. He'd injured it during the dance. Sam was quiet before, and was quieter still after, pulling odd jobs that a one-legged man could do. He doesn't move around much nowadays, just sits on the porch, a cane across his lap, and massages the stump with his hand. Says it bothers him on cold nights, and warm nights and wet nights and dry nights. Bill left and joined the army, and stayed in long enough to fight in Vietnam and won a bunch of medals. He came back and settled down to drink and drink hard. And if you want to find him, you can find him in Eddie Dixon's bar. No matter how drunk he gets, though, he doesn't talk about that night. None of us saw much of Sarah after. She came through the best, but that's how she always was. She left and went to college, but, like Bill, got pulled back to Belcon. She teaches over at the high school now, teaching English to the juniors. I stayed here, 
plugging away at the hardware store. I ran it for a while, but now I don't do much of anything. I just sit around with Sam, talking about things sometimes, but not often. If I stay too late, if I stay too long, I'll see his eyes go glassy, and he'll disappear into himself, and I'll catch him humming a faint trace of a song that makes the hair on the back of my neck stand on end. My foot will start to tap out a small beat on the hardwood porch, and a big wide grin will spread across Sam's face. The grin of the song and dance man. I for one enjoyed the dancing we just witnessed. The ringmaster certainly knows an upbeat story when he hears one. I hope you all made it through intact. I know at least a few of you couldn't help but feel your feet move to that ghostly fiddle tune. Or maybe those were just nervous jitters. Either way, do not stray too far. We have one more story to share with you this Halloween. Until next we convene, pleasant dreams. <laughs> Midnight Marinera is written, produced, directed, and mixed by David King. This episode features the voices of TJ Dash, Katie Patterson, Matt Hawley, Nick Jewell, and David King. Original fiddle music provided by John King. The song in Dance Man is based on the short story by Dylan Charles. Is the stress we've put into these October episodes evident to you? Please leave us some feedback by rating us and writing a review on iTunes, email us at midnightmarinera at gmail.com, or follow us on Twitter or Tumblr. And hey, if you want to give a little extra to the show and avoid getting your house egged, TP'd, or even DP'd this Halloween, consider becoming a patron and supporting our Patreon with a small monthly donation. Thanks for listening. 